Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Friends of the Show. I am your host, Stephen W. Skinner. This is the podcast where I get to chat with some of the funniest and most interesting folks on Twitter. They are the friends of the show. This week's friend is Annie at Not a Beanie on Twitter. Annie is a poet and student currently studying in British Columbia, Canada. She talks about how she's fighting the patriarchy and how she handled James Corden sliding into her DMs. Not like that. It's Friends of the Show, episode 23, with Not a Beanie. Right here, right now. Always, I believed that the Spanish verb hablar meant to have, so that when one said, si, hablo espanol, one was saying, I have Spanish. I have command of the Spanish language. Operating out of that misconception, I said to the handsome young Cubans, no hablo chiclets. They smiled courteously. Later, I learned that what I'd said was, of course, I don't speak chiclets. At first, I felt pretty dumb, but then I thought, well, it was an honest statement. I don't speak chiclets. Then I thought, why not? In the months since, I've been teaching myself to speak chiclets. Let me tell you, it's easier to speak chiclets than to read or write it. Tom Robbins, Still Life with Woodpecker. All right, what a quote. Thank you for providing that, Annie. This week's friend is a longtime DL pa- DM pal of mine and a fellow Canadian, uh, originally from my university town. So that's extra fun. Uh, she's currently at West studying and working hard to stay alive. I'm talking, of oh, course, man. about Annie at Notabini. Welcome, Annie. Hi, Stephen. <laughs> How's it going? It's great. Now that we've sorted out our connection issues, which yeah, didn't even need a, to mention, but we figured it out. Crazy. We're rolling. The tape is rolling and we're ready to get into it. So you go by many names. A lot of them are bean related. Uh, Annie Bean, Bean Bab, Beano, Bean Bag, Sweet Bean, Beanie Baby, of course. Just beans or Bean Witch, Jelly Bean, Beanlet, Sweet Baby Bean, or yeah. uh, just Bean. Right? Really, I prefer to just like respond to a different name every time. My my uh, name identity is is fluid, shall we say? But <laughs> still, always with the anchor of that bean, the beanness. Yeah, the bean, the bean has become a real thing, a real thing outside of outside of me. The bean has taken on a whole life of its own since since i took the name not a beanie it's just become this whole this whole creature the bean the bean let's get into it why did you choose that uh i thought uh, <laughs> i always thought it meant the hat right this is the beanie but it's yeah it is is not that or is it so uh originally the handle was was not a beanie and the name was nota bene and I always, it was just like a dumb joke that I came up with in like a DM with somebody when I was just like beginning. And I thought it would be like, like how like a baby who was learning how to speak words would pronounce nota bene. They'd be like, not a beanie. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. I see. Yeah. Work backwards from how a baby would. Yeah. I, I used to have a better, different Twitter handle, but it, someone else had come up with it and I didn't feel like I wanted to. Just as I was starting to get noticed on Twitter, I didn't want to, I felt like I didn't want to make it big on like someone else's, you know, in someone else's boots or something. That's weird. So yeah. I, <laughs> what was the other name? I don't want to say it because uh. I'm afraid someone will take it and then I'll feel real bad. But it was, uh, it was nobody, you okay, know, you original name, do not steal. I think, I wish I could remember who came up with this because I want to give them credit. I think it might have been at, uh, I don't know how to say his name, at Met2Art. At M-E-T to A-R-T, uh, okay. I am Irony Man. Right. If, he, if, I, if it wasn't, if you're listening and you came up with this, please <laughs> yell at me on Twitter. Um, Misattribution. Somebody, somebody came up with the, the name like boobsplaining. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. Which, which was great. Uh, it would have been really appropriate for me and my brand, but I passed it up. I changed it. Well, you um, got to do your own thing, right? You got to follow your own voice. Yeah. 
So, and then, the, but the Nada Beanie brand has just really taken off. I always thought it was like a kind of a fun, I played off with the like, this is not a beanie, ceci n'est pas une peep, whole <laughs> like, it's <laughs> not a beanie, it's a representation of a beanie. I'm not a beanie, I'm a person. So I, I, but it's just, now it's just the brand. It's just me now. Now I just accept it without questioning or worrying. Well, I'm glad that we delved into that and got to the bottom of it. And it is just being, just being. It, yeah, being, being is, being is the word. All right. And yeah, it's not a hat. Do you have a beanie actually? No. You know what? Also, if anyone's listening and they want to send me a beanie <laughs> hat, I will take photos with it. DM me. That's, That's a classic a thing. thing. Yeah. People send you stuff and you take photos of it and post it online. Yeah. It, it's happened. I did used to have some people. So in Canada, you're in Canada also, so you'll understand this. We call them toques. We do. But in other places in the world, people call those beanies as well. So like my beanie brand is based off like the colorful beanie hat with the propeller. Yeah. I did used to have like a toque beanie, but I think I lost it when I moved. Oh, One geez. of the times that I moved. I don't know where it is anymore. Yeah, so you moved. So you're originally from Ontario, let's say, and yes. you are currently in British Columbia. I am. Like, I'm in, in sunny, sunny BC. Well, it's sunny today. Sunny and also smoky currently. Also smoky today, as those who follow Canadian news will know. <laughs> uh, not, not a lot of those on our Twitter community. All our listeners. All my listeners, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is your key demographic. Just putting this out there for the key demographic of listeners. No, there's been a bunch of forest fires in uh, northern and interior BC. Uh, they're not near me, so uh, my, my home and life are... I'm very lucky and privileged that my home and life are very safe, but the sky has been very smoky for like a week, and it makes my sad little immune system very, very ill. So I was really happy. I woke up this morning and the sky actually looked blue and I was really happy. I opened all the doors and windows. So uh, great color for the sky to be. And yeah, yeah I hate to hear right about those color. forest fires it's out west and hopefully they get uh, put out kind of soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really I mean, dangerous. and like best wishes to everybody who's been displaced or like whose lives have been affected. Uh, more severely than just feeling kind of sick. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it's not, not a good scene. Big, big land, big land fires. A big, lot of fires. Not good. <laughs> yeah, not good. Uh, thoughts and prayers to those affected. Yeah, all that good stuff. Thoughts and prayers and like money, if you have it. I don't have it. Yeah, we should donate some, some money out there to yeah. those uh, affected. If you have yeah. money, please send it to those affected. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't mean to turn this. This is God. This is taking a very somber tone for like, a comedy podcast. First, send her uh, clothes, send her a beanie, and also send money. <laughs> Just a lot of asks here, folks. Yeah, I mean, I need that stuff, too. So, like, send money to forest fire victims, but, like, also to me. <laughs> Just for, like, just for life. I'm just a victim of life. I'll just take it. Just <laughs> to keep living, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about your quote for a second. What made you pick that one? Also, going, it's uh, the longest quote that we've ever had. So you, you win. <laughs> you told me so. Those who are listening, you missed the pre-show exchange. Stephen told me that he was going to heckle me about the length of my <laughs> quote. So I, I was like pre-warned about the hassle I was going to receive. It did not make the hassling any better. Hassle received. <laughs> hassle dished out. Yeah. So. We could just check hassle off the like podcast to-do list. And also uh, for any future guests, Gauntlet Throne, <laughs> can you do a longer quote? Knock <laughs> the bean off the board. Yeah. Uh, I picked it. So I, when I was thinking about picking quotes, first of all, for the record, all of the like podcast prep work I did many months ago. And then I had a really just like wild, busy summer. So I have a memory. I think initially I wanted to pick a quote by like a woman or like a really rad like woman of color or something. But then I didn't. Mm. I picked one by a white guy, Blame kind yourself. of a misogynist white guy, if uh -oh. we're being honest. But I felt I picked it because, I mean, when I was a teenager, I feel like Tom Robbins. Now, Tom Robbins is a deeply flawed writer, but he also holds a very special place in my heart because I feel like when I was a teenager and I picked up Still Life with Woodpecker, that like really just changed. I'd never seen anybody use words like that. And that really just changed like the whole the whole course of my like writing. And and I really like this thing about chiclets. Because the idea is that, like, Tom Robbins, and you can kind of see this in his writing, he was, like, trying to write and speak in chiclets in a way, in these, like, short, sweet, colorful, 
little pieces of language. Um, and all of his novels are like that. Not only did that have a huge influence on me, but I feel like that's a lot of like what Twitter is. Like if Tom Robbins were, were on Twitter in a meaningful way right now, he would be super into it because it's those, it's those like short, sweet, sometimes beautiful, sometimes funny, colorful, weird little parcels of words that Twitter is really good at. And I think that's why I like Twitter. Yeah, I think that's a great point, too. I think on some of the earlier episodes, Dorothy Parker quotes have come up a lot. And they said uh, that if she had been around today, it would be the same sort of thing. She did those little little chunks of wisdom (laughs) or nice, nice writing. Yeah, just those little those good little little uh, little word sandwiches, little word bites like Mm. like word tapas. You know, we love them. Word hot dogs. (laughs) Word sliders. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, great. Thank you for sharing that with us. Tom Robbins, shout out, but not all the way <laughs> because yeah, of the um, misogyny uh, stuff, whatever. And now we will get into your stories. What stories you got for us today? Oh, How about yeah. uh, the extended version of the time you met friend of the show, Bex, at Bexdora in Seattle? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so uh, this is funny. So Bex was on your show earlier. She long ago, was I one of the original friends of the show. Shout out. And she told her side of the story. And I guess I thought I should tell my side, although I, it's been a while since I listened to her side of the story. So I, I don't remember it that clearly, but I, this is just my take on that. Yeah, hopefully uh, it's a similar <laughs> recounting of <laughs> yeah. events. I don't know like what you, how different it could be. They overlap a lot. But mostly what I remember is that I... Well, I almost didn't go. There were like many reasons that I almost didn't go. One of which was that I was extremely broke. So I think first thing I had to do was I had to borrow money from my dad, but I didn't want him to know that I was using it to go to Seattle. (laughs) So I think I like borrowed money and I told him that I had like canceled the Seattle trip, but I needed like food money and then I went to Seattle. So first of all, (laughs) I started it off by being a very bad person. Uh, Yeah. So if you're listening uh, and he's dad, just uh, forget about it. (laughs) Yeah, just pretend you never heard that. But I think I outed myself to him in the end because as the time to come came closer and closer and closer, there was this like immense hurricane warning, which is like maybe kind of insensitive to talk about right now, considering the actually very real hurricane going on. A lot of bad hurricanes. (laughs) We're talking Harvey. We're talking Irma. Thoughts and prayers with those yes. uh, who are affected by the various hurricanes going on in the and world. And again, money people, please make a donation. <laughs> yeah, this is becoming a real like human interest, uh, humanitarian podcast here. Like, no, at the time there was a, a very scary uh, hurricane warning, or scary for, for me anyways, hurricane warning for southern British Columbia and uh, the, the northwestern U.S. Uh, and so I was going to have to take a ferry from, from Victoria straight down to Seattle and I was like really starting to doubt like if like you know was it where the ferries gonna run if I if they were running was I gonna drown in a hurricane in like the middle of the middle of the ocean uh, so I, outed, I ultimately I think I outed myself to my dad because I, I emailed him being like listen I'm going to Seattle here are like the names of the only like three people that I know in Seattle and their addresses. So like in case there's a, like a, just a national natural disaster, these are the people that I will try to be with, you know? Okay. <laughs> well, that's good like, at least. That's a, yeah. that's a good daughter thing to do. Yeah. And uh, those people were, were Bex Dora and Flannery and Flannery's partner. Who's for some reason, his Twitter handle, I'm just flaking on. Do you remember Flannery's partner's yeah, Twitter Doc, handle? Doc Mod. Doc Mod, of Dr. course. Dr. Mod. Um, I'm sorry, Dr. Mod. With a I K. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, great. I'm just yeah, bad Flannery with games, and he, IRL, and on the twits. They're great. Great but group, so I sent yeah. Him, like their names and addresses, being like, you know, <laughs> if I if I disappear, hopefully I'm with these people. <laughs> and... I, what I, and I remember going across the border and like the dark clouds are building and the rain, the wind's starting to blow and the rain's pouring and I'm going through the security gate at the ferry terminal. The guy at security is like asking me what I'm going to do in the States. And at first I'm like, oh, like, you know, I'm just meeting some friends. And then he's like, you know, who are these friends? Like, how did you meet them? You know, how is it that you're in Canada and you have these friends in the States? 
have you ever met them before? And it's like slowly coming out. I'm like slowly admitting to him that I've never met any of these people in person. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm traveling alone, right? uh, you know, to another country to meet people that I met on the internet that I do yeah. not know in real life. <clears throat> I'm not a dad, but my dad red flags are flying on this one. There's a lot yeah. of those. Oh yeah. Uh, so this guy kind of like rolls it rolls his eyes. I think he let me across the border just because he was like, you know, she's gonna be dead in like a week. <laughs> anyway, so it's fine. Just crossing the border, a hurricane to meet total strangers. And so the whole thing was, I got there. Bex and I were supposed to stay in the same hotel room, and Bex was the name on the registration, or on the whatever. Not the registration, but whatever gets you a hotel room. Reservation, normally. <laughs> that thing. Yeah. yeah the yeah. reservation. I'm registering for classes at university right now, which is why it's on my brain. Freudian. Yeah. Yeah. A little slip up there. But I got there many hours before Bex did. So she had to call ahead from the airport and mm. uh, let them know to let me in. And when she got there, I think I was like getting out of the shower with a towel around me possibly or like I was in my underwear or some compromising position and I was opening the door to this total stranger who I'd never met who's maybe sharing a hotel room (laughs) with me but she just opened the door and we just instantly started laughing and I think we just laughed she probably arrived in our hotel room at like one in the morning and we just laughed all night after that and we had to make it was the middle of the night and none of us had any food and we're both we were both real hungry and I get real hangry I get real desperately hangry and so we made uh we made oatmeal, but we had to make it with, like, the coffee machine in mm. the hotel room, which mm-hmm. was, like... Yeah, great life hack kind of yeah. thing. It was one of those coffee machines, one of those, like, despicable, like, environmentally unfriendly coffee machines. Are you <laughs> talking about a Keurig-style machine? Yeah, like, with the pods. Yeah. But I didn't want to make coffee, and so I had to take the pods out and then, like, run the machine as if it was had a pot in it so it would just give me hot enough water that I could mix in a cup to make oatmeal but then we realized that we didn't have any spoons so then we tried to eat the oatmeal with granola bars which failed because they melted (laughs) and then we ended up like making spoons out of like ripping up other paper cups it was a good night yeah there you go i was i was gonna i was wondering how you were gonna overcome the spoon dilemma but i'm like maybe there's coffee cups with that coffee maker that you could yeah. that you could use and you did. It was a real listen, it was a real struggle. Uh, yeah, but we had a real fun we had a real fun weekend. Bex, uh, as I'm sure you know if you if uh, anyone listened to her podcast, as I'm sure you know, Stephen, from from being friends with her and having her on, she's just like the loveliest human. So truly lovely is the word I would use, yes. Yeah, just like yeah, just a uh, just lovely, just a shining, a shining British little star. <laughs> and so we just had a great weekend, and we did end up meeting with uh, Flannery, but Doctor Maud couldn't make it up because of the hurricane warning. Right? Yeah, someone's got to stay uh, with the kids. He was, yeah, he stayed with the kids to make sure they didn't all die in a hurricane. But it actually ended up being fine. It got real windy like Saturday night, but it was like not the warning they gave us, which was much worse than the actual weather was. Oh, those weather guys, they're always trying to make it exciting, you know. But if you ever get the opportunity to travel with Twitter people, I really recommend it because Twitter people are great. They understand like how you have to stop every 20 minutes, like just stop what you're doing and check Twitter, (laughs) right? Like, if you just got to stop in the middle of, like, Pike Place Market because there's a funny sign that you really need a photo of, like, everyone gets it. Oh, that's so. good. Yeah, very understanding of just taking pictures of random stuff and be like, this could, this could, be, this could be funny. Yeah, right? And, like, every meal break, it was, like, on our phones, scrolling the Twitter. So, yeah, a real good time. That's great. Uh, That's great to hear. Yeah, I recommend, I recommend, I guess I, you know, I recommend meeting internet strangers in foreign countries. They're not Uh, really strangers, though. They're friends. They're friends. Internet friends. Yeah. I recommend traveling during hurricanes, maybe. I mean, I recommend, like, borrowing parent money from your parents to, like, go on unreasonable trips, maybe. (laughs) There's a lot of bad advice. So, listeners, maybe just... Maybe just. I'm here to endorse no. all your bad decisions. They yeah. might turn out horribly. <laughs> but I'm glad that you made it. You met a lot of great people. It was totally worth it. Now you had a great story to tell on a podcast. So I think it was worth it. So Super thank dead. you to your dad for funding the trip. Yeah. And it, thanks, 
dad uh, thanks not a beanie dad not a not a daddy not a dad a beanie (laughs) thanks uh not a dad you were uh that was that was your doing yeah so there you go dads are always good to help out sometimes thanks in advance for forgiving me if you ever hear this (laughs) no i hope not i mean i hope so Uh, need the downloads Yeah, we'll find out to be continued. We'll find one. out on a future episode. <laughs> yeah, Great. yeah. We well, have my uh, dad on next time. See what he says. So I think that is uh, that wraps up your first your story here. And yeah. I was did... that long and rambly enough for you? I haven't rehearsed these stories. No, it was great. And now we can just button it off with a tiny tale of the time James Corden and or his staff DM'd you on Twitter. Do you remember that? Let's talk about it. So let's see. I wonder when this was. This was like a year or two ago. And for some reason, I had a real, real bee in my, real bee in my bonnet. (laughs) Yeah, you were real hangry that day. Yeah, real itch under my turtleneck, you know? And I was just like, just throwing the shade at James Corden, uh, you know, between classes at school. And it just turned into this like long Twitter thread. I wasn't like adding him or tagging him or anything. I was just getting some getting some real loads off my chest it was, about yeah, a vent vent uh, venting type situation yeah. vent thread like, like i don't know i still i still stand by like most of what i said he's not the best late night show host like he's just he's <clears> just <throat> He's just not like he's kind of funny, but he's not that funny. He's like he's okay looking. He's not super good looking. He's not like he's he's intelligent enough. He's not super smart. Like why are we giving this guy hundreds of thousands of dollars to host a celebrity TV show? I don't know. And as you mentioned, and we should mention that this was a while ago. So I think it was sort of right after he had got in the show, right? Yeah, it, he it was still he, pretty new at it. I think it was a couple months, newer. maybe. Yeah. So maybe I was, like, being a little bit unfair. I hadn't given him time to, like, settle into his, like, big boy britches or whatever. But. No, but plus, at that time, there was all the talk about how, you know, white and heterosexual male yeah, the late I, night scene is. And I it's a valid argument, for sure. On him. I might have went off in the thread about, like, you know, what can James Corden do that I can't do? <laughs> Like, <laughs> that was the know. part. Yeah, that was the part that really turned it turned it on to uh what about me? <laughs> Hire like, me as like let fire James Corden and what like, about the bean? He's just like a mediocre white guy and he gets thousands of dollars and I'm, you know, like still just getting paid like a shitty honorarium to like I don't know, like perform in like, you know, to open for art shows by like, I don't know, old hippies. Like I wise this is my life and that's his. And I, I think I did go off a little bit about, like, why are there not a lot of women on, like, late night TV? And why is it all old white men? And they're not even, like, that, like, interesting of white men. So, like, why is this our culture? Anyways, the thread got, weird, like, a weird amount of visibility for, like, what was essentially just, a, like, a multi-tweet shit post. <laughs> like, <laughs> just about, like, why is James Corden rich and I'm not? And then all of a sudden, you know, I was just ignoring it. I was going to class, and all of a sudden, in the middle of, like, you know, anthropology, like, 352 or something, I get this, you know, notification, and I have a new DM, and I open it in class, obviously, because that's what you do. And I, James Corden, the official James Corden account... Whoever runs that verified they were in they were in my DMs. They were just sliding in my DMs. Got to be James Corden. Yeah. Yeah. Like it could have been could have been the real James Corden or like the person who's paid to impersonate him online. I don't know. But they were very like, I'm so sorry that you have issues with our show. Can you give us suggestions? Um and I started to, like, maybe doubt whether I was a good person. And so to me, the natural response to that was to uh, ask all my other friends from DMs to, like, just tell me funny things they wanted me to say to the James Corden official account. <laughs> so I did that. Um, Do you remember anything specifically funny or specific that you sent to them? I wish I could remember. I think I might still have the messages in my inbox. I do. I do still have it. She's got uh, it, folks. She's got the messages. She's opening the messages right now. Here. She's scrolling it's back. Here. She's scrolling back to the beginning. This is me. I hope I don't get in more trouble. I hope the James Corden publicity staff are not listening to this podcast. I'm definitely going to tag James Corden in this episode. <laughs> SEO through the roof. Got to have the James Corden people yeah. listen. 
Love you, yeah, James Corden. I, Hit me up if you want to come on the show to rebut yeah, any's right for bad sure. Like, DMs. don't listen to this, but then like also have me on your show and pay me good money because boy, yeah. So they ask, you know, I'm sorry you don't like our show or me. How do you think it could be better? And I said, you know, well, I suppose like hundreds of years of patriarchal colonial bullshit isn't really something you can personally change on the show. But thanks for asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice of you to ask. <laughs> you know, it was nice of them to ask, right? The, the Twitter alert or some sort of Google alert went off and they're like, what's this getting all the play? Oh, no, we got to reach out to this this disgruntled fan. And they did. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I just remember being like very I remember talking to a few people about it and just being like just really like the his whole thing. So he emailed me and he was like, just so you know, like, I'm pretty sure that like Tina Fey and Amy Schumer were both offered this show, but they turned it down. And he was trying to make me feel all bad about, like, complaining about feminism in comedy. And, uh, but at the end of the day, I remember just, like, talking to other people about it and just thinking, like, like, what if every female comedian responded to every bad tweet sent about them? Like, it wouldn't, it could never happen. No. So just the fact that he was even having that conversation with me is, like, proof in the pudding that he's in a different position. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's got million million plus followers right like that's pretty oh yeah big, oh yeah big numbers to be sending some dms yeah and i didn't even like tag him or comment directly on his tweet like this is somebody fully just like searching james cordon i don't even think i spelt it right i think half of the thread i spelt it cordon like cordon bleu oh <laughs> yeah he was, that must be yeah he must have different spellings in the search yeah so they were really looking hard for tweets about james cordon man and they somebody, found one. Somebody in China is paid. I hope they're paid real well for the work they do <laughs> searching misspellings of James Corden's name. And had to put um, put up with your angry DMs. <laughs> yeah. But in the end, I think I tried to be nice. I felt kind of bad for being a jerk. So I was just sort of like, you know, you know, thanks for being polite. And I hope they pay you slash your PR staff well to search your name in tweets. <laughs> and, you know. Some gentle backhanded digs. They can take it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and then I just told him, like, you know, you seem nice, you know, may you be well kind of thing. Oh, you ended it on a positive note, and that's really all you can hope for. I was starting, you know, I am a, I am a, you know, a well-conditioned woman. I have been trained to feel shame about most things, including about being, you know, soft cyberbullying celebrity. (laughs) Well, it worked. I could only be mean to him for so so long. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. It opened the whole experience opened my eyes. I think that was a period. This is a couple of years ago. I was I was a little bit meaner on the internet then. I think I have I think I've become a lot nicer. Oh, that's great. I love to hear that. Also goes for me too. Like uh, back in the day when I first started, I was uh, sending some angry style tweets to people for no reason. Why would I do that? But you know, you live and yeah. learn and grow and become a nicer person. And hopefully, I don't do that <laughs> as much anymore, yeah. if at all. Um, so yeah. I, it's good to grow and change and become a better person. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, like, I'm I'm not pro, I've never been pro, like, super mean trolling. I think there was a period of time where I thought it would be okay to troll people who were mean to me. Uh, and I guess evidently to, like, lightly troll <laughs> James Corden. Like, troll in the name of, like, feminism, basically. Still punching up, right? In, in your opinion, it's punching up. Yeah, but and so, you know, there was a brief period of time I I lightly trolled James Corden and I did like I did kind of meanly troll one guy who like slid into my DMs and he was like being inappropriately flirty with me. And it was obvious that he was way older than me. And, you know, and uh, and so I just kind of like let him I catfished him for for a couple of hours, like straight. I fully catfished him until I got him to ask me to send him a picture of. Uh, to send him like butt pics, and I just sent him like hundreds of Google images of like cigarette butts. Okay, all right, uh, I get you. Not my proudest moment. It's that a was pun. the only time I've ever fully, ever fully trolled somebody, and it revealed like a terrifying new aspect of myself because there's like this, there's this crazy high that you get from stringing somebody along for two hours like that, and the whole time you're like, he's gonna figure out that I'm that I'm. This isn't real. He's going to figure out that I'm trolling him. And you're, so there's like this high you get from that, like 
there's this mania to it. But at the end, even though he was like a slimy dude, at the end, I felt like I'd done, I didn't feel good. I thought, I think it was that as a woman, sometimes you feel unsafe everywhere in real life on the internet. But on Twitter too, sometimes you feel unsafe. People end up in your DMs. You don't know how to appropriately respond. You're afraid that if you, you know, they're being inappropriately flirty with you, you think, but you're not sure how far they're going to take it. And you, you're afraid that if you like do or say the wrong thing or don't do or say the right thing, that they're going to say bad things about you on their Twitter, especially if they're people who I think that person at that time had a bigger following than I did. I was real small and I didn't have a lot of um, community yet on Twitter. And I think I thought that like maybe trolling him would make me feel like safer and more empowered. So I thought I would just try it once to see if it worked. It, I don't, and I don't think it did. So I never did it after that. I just started. If people made me feel unsafe, I just blocked them or ignored them. There you go. Or, That's the real method. That don't feed the trolls. Don't engage with them. If you feel unsafe, for sure, just go ahead and hit that block button. And I'm sorry to hear, like it's come up on the podcast before, that uh, ladies sometimes deal with this all the time. Every lady. Just yeah, just like every lady all the time <clears throat> on the internet, walking home from the bus. You know, at work. It's just, it's a uh, thing. Yeah, it's a thing, all right? Uh, and we wish it wasn't. Slimy guys, just get a little less slimy, and we'll just work on it one day at a time. Yeah. Okay. Not, <laughs> I mean, it's not just women, right? It's There's other demographics, too. And, I, you know, I'm a white woman, so it's different for me. I'm, like, white. I'm relatively able-bodied. But, yeah, just, like, be nice to people. Be self-aware about your biases and stuff. Yeah, there we go. That's the lesson for the podcast. All right. Or another one of these like humanitarian We're things. on it. We're get dealing with all the issues. I promised myself I was going to be so funny on your podcast, Stephen, <laughs> <laughs> and I've just been really a downer. That's okay. We're, we're going to get a lot funnier because we're getting into Annie's tweets. So you ha- have, um, I ask guests to provide some of their own tweets to be read on the show, and you have selected a bunch. So if you wouldn't mind, please... Hit us with that Google Calendar poem. So this is a bunch okay. of different bunch of different tweets that are one of right. It's one piece of work. Yeah, so I, and I've since refined this to a to a piece of poetry that okay. I that I perform. So uh, I can read it as originally written. Do you want the as originally written, or do you want the like polished performance piece? Oh yeah, did? let's do the polished piece. This is a polished okay. podcast. You're lucky because I forgot what tweets I sent you, but I was just like coincidentally rehearsing this a couple days ago. So coincidentally, I know it all. you know it by heart. <laughs> it's like it's like I knew some part of me remembered that I was going to be reading this for you. Beautiful. So hit us. Okay. So I call this new event horizon. My Google Calendar came alive. It has teeth. It says I'm beautiful. I like the way it strokes my hair. But it has teeth. My Google Calendar lies next to me in bed at night, runs its fingers down my spine, live wire, romantic shiver. But it has teeth. My Google Calendar asked me to run away, and I said I would. I said we'd peach schnapps and candlelight together into appointment deadline sunsets. My Google Calendar promises me butterfly wing topiary event notifications. I sink into its lavender opium haze. It has teeth. My Google Calendar climbs inside me. Spider gauze, fingertips, silk splitting open. It is worm sweat embers burning my Google contacts, birthdays. Black ice and fog. My Google Calendar sliding me away softly into tar pits and dew across sticky, color-coded landscapes. Yellow for work. Red to do. And the further we fly, my Google Calendar and I I realize I'm still in the same room, oozing, cocooned to the same bed, eternity bound in snail glue, crawling hostage, quicksand, unmoving, quicksand, unmoving. It has teeth. My Google Calendar came alive, called me beautiful, but it has teeth. (laughs) 
Well, thank you very much for that performance. I hope everyone enjoyed that. Quite the. That's the only tweet you need. That's just that's all. That's the whole beanie. The whole beanie tweet. It's the beanie experience. Yeah, it's just like one joke that's not that good. But then if you just tweet it like twelve more times, then it just like that's the brand. (laughs) That's it. That is your uh, mo. That's how you do it. You just yeah, keep going, want, and then it becomes. Tweet like Beanie, its own make thing. one joke that isn't really a joke, and then just riff on it for like twelve or fifteen more tweets, and you've got yourself a not a Beanie tweet thread. And then it'll eventually distill itself down into a poem for performance. Yeah, yeah. Then you can be like a failing slam poet who's not as successful as James Corden. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Uh, that was very cool. So now we'll get into the next tweet. It is. A simple one tweet tweet, (laughs) and I shall read it. It is as follows. My sexual orientation is, drum roll, lasagna. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that was enough L's. Uh, It looks like there's a lot of L's. I'm not sure how many L's. I think you were just maybe one or two L's short I knew I knew it was it felt short uh but I didn't want to do too many <laughs> but you did you did get like almost you were just like one short so okay. I, I for that I commend you because I really it's hard to tell you know there's probably 50 or yeah. 60 L's or something in there so very <laughs> classic food related tweet sexual uh, sexual in nature <laughs> I was just real pleased to hear you hear you read that uh it's like just a good dramatic reading well thank, thank you for that and how did you come up with that are you actually um, lasagnatarian or whatever i am very into lasagna lasagna <laughs> does mean a lot to me but i think i came up with that tweet you know sometimes tweets can come from different places tweets can come from things you're having emotions about from things you're insecure about from things you're preoccupied with And I think I was just thinking about sexuality. And I think at that time, I have since become more open with talking about uh, issues of sexuality on my Twitter. But in that time, it didn't come up a lot. And I felt like people often made assumptions about my sexuality based on things, you know, people would assume that I was straight because of a, you know, because I was a woman. (laughs) Men, all men, all straight men. Just all straight cis men all just think, there, did you like that, like, matryoshka of qualifiers? I finally got to the right one. All cis, straight cis men. Straight, uh, yeah, got it. <laughs> all cis straight cis, cis men just think that all women are straight. They just can't, like, and I'm sorry if you're not one of them, but, like, just so many, they just all assume that, like, every woman wants my dick. Um, so that's great. And, you know, and and I felt weird about people always assuming that I was straight, but I didn't necessarily want to talk about queerness. And I think at the time I kind of resented that it was an issue at all. Like I resented that in order to be on Twitter and be building a small little following that I had to talk about my sexuality. And it came up in in, um, poetry too. Like at the time I was doing a lot of reading at poetry slams and stuff. And I felt like everybody there, like a lot of people did poems that were overtly about their sexuality or about their sexual orientation. And I, I kind of felt pressured to, to either like be very straight or to come out as like queer. Um, and I just resented that, like I, that I had to like be public about my sexuality uh, in that way when sexuality isn't always as simple as being like straight or gay or queer or not queer. And there are all these kind of gray areas. So I wanted kind of a funny way to complain uh, (laughs) about that uh, and to address my like sexual ambiguity in a way that like was still not confirming anyone's suspicions. And I thought that my deep, deep passion for lasagna would be a good way to do that. Wow. I think that is very nice. And that totally explains it. It sums up all your fear, your fears and emotions all combined into that tweet. It kind of ended up being part of a comedy routine that I would like a stand up routine. And I don't do a ton of stand up mostly because I find stand up comedians, at least in like my local community, I found the stand up comedians really mean. And I didn't, I didn't like hanging out with them. <laughs> so I, don't do, I haven't done a lot of stand-up. But I did do a couple stand-up routines. And for a while, that became one of them, which was this, this whole 
it's just a coming out joke. The whole joke is like coming out. It's like a coming out stand-up routine, but it's coming out as like a lasagna, as like sexually attracted to lasagna. That's the twist, everybody. That's the twist. You never see it coming. You know, like, you know, an edible complex, if you will. (laughs) I am attracted to both my father and my mother, and I I do it by eating lasagna. Like, Like, it just became a whole... Because I was really interested, you know, at that time... There were, you know, you see these comedians who are kind of forced by the comedy culture, maybe, to make their sexuality, or just by larger culture. You see these comedians who are like, they become like the gay comedian, the lesbian comedian, the, and then the, all of their jokes have to be about that. And I think for some of them, maybe that's authentic, but it can't be for everybody. And I just thought that was a shame. So I thought it would be like a funny, absurd send up of that. I think you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, so it moves us on to the final Bean tweet, uh, which is also a series of tweets. Uh, so I'll read a couple of these. Sorry I'm late. My bus was actually a giant centipede. <laughs> and then the next one. <laughs> Sorry I'm late. My bus is an ancient belief system no longer practiced in the contemporary world. <laughs> so obviously taking a lot of buses. <laughs> late a lot from buses due to different reasons. And this explains none of those reasons, but... No, I totally forgot that I sent you that series of tweets. Fantastical reasons of what your bus was. so happy that I did. I love that series of tweets. That series of tweets is like another thing that really took on a life of its own. Because uh, there's like 15 or 20 of those. Like, there's a lot of them. There's a whole... There's like two threads... Two separate threads of sorry I'm late tweets. (laughs) And so not only did I, like, it took on a life of its own within me, but then people started replying. Uh, And it wasn't even a thing that I had intended, but people really organically started then replying to me like, oh, sorry I'm late, but my bus was a walking crab. Like, they just people <laughs> just started sending me these ads. Good and one, I, guy. <laughs> I don't know. I made that up. I know. Uh, but I've that's, already, that's about the level the of at that. replies that you get. Well, that's good. It spawned a bunch of uh, fun and probably not fun at replies. Yeah. Some of the at replies were really good. I think one was, like, mildly transphobic, and I just had to politely tell the guy that I wasn't going to retweet that one because I didn't want to alienate and or, like, make an unsafe you know, place. Oh, that's good. And I didn't want to like promote transphobia. I was really against that. And he was really nice about it. Yeah. Sometimes you just uh, have to explain. Maybe he didn't even know, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I'm sure that you didn't think about it this way, but I see it that way. And I, and I think that some of my followers would see it that way. And it's really important for me to have a safe trans positive space. But some of the replies were super funny and, and then I would reply to people and then they would reply back and I would reply to them and they would reply back. And before we know it, we had this huge like group created digital Twitter poem about like the absurdity of being late because your bus, something didn't work out with your bus. Right. That's right. And that poem I've since used, like I've used that poem when I was teaching like creative writing workshops with youth. Like I've, I've used that, you know, and I get them to tell me like why their you know, why their bus was late. Uh, I've used that poem whenever I do a poetry show, which I admittedly is not often. I say whenever I do a poetry show, like I do a lot of them. I've done like a couple. Do you call them po shows? Does anyone call them that? That'd be cool. Po shows? Yeah. I'm going to call it that. Oh uh, yeah. I got a po show next week. You want to come down? Big po show coming up. You should check out my po show. No, I've done like a couple. Um, small ones, you know, in the local, in the local poetry community. And, uh, but basically whenever I like get an opportunity to be on stage doing a poem, I like to do this poem and I try to get people to like, I don't always like people in real life knowing my Twitter handle, but if I have access to another Twitter, like if I have access to the Twitter for the poetry organization or something, uh, I get people to tweet at that Twitter, like more, more lines of the poem and then I like read them back to the audience in live time. And I just think it's, um, it really like revealed to me like what was, what I found so exciting about writing on Twitter, um, which is like, not just that it's like funny tweets, right. But that it's like, it's a really, a, a, a different kind of medium for artistic creation and collaboration. And it lets you do like things that are really organically collaborative, right? Like that poem, I didn't intend for it to be collaborative. It became collaborative because 
people were collaborating under it. And that's like a whole like new exciting way to make art that Twitter has and, uh, and a new exciting way for me to engage, like, right. Like I'm not just a poet on stage performing, but I'm making the audience into active participants in the poem, whether they think of themselves as people who can write or not, they can participate in the making of this piece of art. And that, that is so cool. Very cool. So, wow, you're really doing it, really exploring the medium. To, I think uh, so. Yeah, to see what we can do. And I think that is a good point. The sort of the individual and organic growth nature and the instant uh, gratification of it. Um, you see people reply right away or they, you know, interact with your tweets uh, immediately. And I think that is why we're on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think like some people, you know, it's undervalued, right? It's just like, <laughs> oh, you spend so much time on social media. Uh, and like, to be fair, I haven't been on Twitter that much lately because I was spending too much time on social media. But the, like, there are, that's what I love about our circle of Twitter is there are people who are really just really pushing the boundaries, not just of Twitter, but they're using Twitter to push the boundaries of of art and comedy and poetry and, and like creating they're creating a whole new kind of art form with its own rules and its own it's got its own tropes and its own genres. There are different genres of like, you know, out of the way Twitter accounts, you know, there are joke accounts and there are persona accounts and there are like surrealist accounts and there's all these different and people are really, um, I think of it as a whole new art form. And I think a lot of people who are just sort of casually following maybe don't think about it that way. And I wish that they would. Well, everyone uses it differently. Like every, yeah. all the people in those different genres that you mentioned all probably use it differently. And within each genre has its own people who do do different things. Uh, yeah. And in our circles, a lot of people doing great, cool new stuff, uh, seeing what they can do with 140 characters and polls and whatever else yeah. Twitter allows you to do. Yeah. Um, so and yeah, I, I think, think it's a good point. People should be really recognized as like the artists that they are, you know? I think um, one day some these people really like slave away at making like good artistically interesting Twitter accounts and and I recognize them. Well, if that's the main thing. Yeah, if you're listening yeah. a good Twitter accounts, we recognize you. We appreciate yeah. you. So, we thank you and you. keep doing and it. Yes. We know that it's hard to be not mainstream, but yeah. we love you anyways. So, speaking of great Twitter accounts, let's get into the tweets from other people that you have pegged. Do you have the tweets in front of you? Uh, I do, and I'm seeing them now. And I'm realizing that, like, I picked tweets by pretty much all by people that you've already had on the show. Yeah, two uh, out of uh, one out of three. <laughs> which is like, I realize now that I should have, like, in the spirit of Twitter, I should have picked tweets from like my favorite small accounts or like accounts that you should follow. But now this is what uh, I picked in May. <laughs> tweets by all my friends who you've already met. So I'm sorry. No, that is fine. I think however you want to pick these tweets is completely up to you. Some people want to promote small accounts. Some people want to share their friends' great tweets. Some people yeah. want to do just like the best tweets that they know, um, like of all I time. Think, yeah. So I think there's a lot of different ways to approach it. And I like how each person chooses their own, you know, that's yeah. uh, part of the but fun of the podcast. Tweets, like, I mean, I feel like your podcast is really fun. Um, but it, what's great about it is that it shows like all the different sides to Twitter and the way that like Twitter, you know, is important to people or people become part of a community. And I, so I kind of wanted to pick tweets that I had stories about that I felt like, brought me closer to somebody or like changed the way I saw Twitter. So I guess that's how I chose these. Perfect. So let's get into it. The first tweet is from our pal Josh at not a croc alligator and his Wait, tweet. You might have them in a oh, I have them. different order than oh, I do. Oh, I have, I have them in this specific <laughs> order. And the first one okay. is by Josh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so okay. Uh, do you want to read it? Or do you have it there? I do have it. It took me a second, but I found it. This is by Not a Crock, and it's a it's a, a dialogue tweet. So I'll just read the character and then what they say. Date. Let's break the ice. Polar bear. Break the stage direction. Shatters coke bottle. Break the ice. What are you saying? Date. I mean, polar bear. That's my home, Linda. <laughs> of course, classic. That's my home, Linda. Tweet from Not a Croc, Alligator, one of the greats. Oh my God! First of all, Not a Croc's amazing. Not a Croc consistently 
puts out like off the wall content that is not just like, like it's always like one step further than what you expect. It's always like, not just like the popular tropes, but that my, that's my home. Linda is just like a classic. Like I still send that in DMs. It's a great, it's a great punchline. He just sort of makes his own punchline. And I think that's, what's great about it. And as soon as you see it, you just want to riff on it. Like, it's just, I don't know. As soon as I see it, I just want to make like a million That's My Homelander jokes. Yeah, I want to be best friends with this polar bear. Like, you immediately yeah. empathize with this polar bear. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I love the uh, meta joke of he shatters the Coke bottle. Yeah, I think that's what we're the both Coke getting The Coke bottle at. is such a good, like, such a, like, that's just one of those things that, like, only, I, like, only Josh would add. Like, it's a specific only, detail right? that really and elevates. That elevates it from, like, funny to, like, just wow. And I remember that that tweet came up. That was, like, one of the first times I was in a group DM that Upside Down Trash was sort of officially, unofficially in charge of. Small town. It was small town. If small any town. small towners. Shout out to small town crew. Gotta love those group DMs. And that was, like, a... That was a real, real special one because it was something that we all like riffed on and we all kind of were making inside jokes about in that DM. And so I remember that as like a, one of the first times that I felt like I was like part of, a, part of something bigger. I wasn't just tweeting alone into the void, but I was part of people who were making funny stuff together and we were riffing on That's My Home, Linda. So, well, that's I should, beautiful. I should get That's My Home, Linda tattooed on me somewhere. Well, I, would, I don't I, know about that, but maybe just shout out to Alligator on the podcast. Josh, do you want to see me get that tattooed on me? <laughs> <laughs> like, Let's run it past Josh first. Uh. <laughs> if anybody else is listening, you know, let us know in the comments if you want that. Like, Definitely tweet at them. FOTS pod and we'll start a poll. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let me know. Let me know what my, if not that, let me know what my next tattoo should be. Yeah, definitely um, uh, should uh, go to Josh for all your tattoo decisions. Um, yeah, I'm the Twitter theme tattoo. Oh my God, I'm going to regret all of this later. So moving on and speaking of Upside Down Trash, our good friend of the show, Will Penjamin. Uh, the next tweet uh, is by him that you have selected. You know, it's almost like my May self. It's almost like months ago me had these in this order for a reason. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I, mean, I can't remember what that reason was, but clearly I had one. Some reason. Um, uh, yeah, and go ahead. You may read it. Okay. Classic tweet. Tim Allen, please set me free. Ah, uh, yes. Not many people <laughs> will get it. It's a little inside. And this is, this tweet, okay, so background for this tweet. This tweet just just started appearing everywhere on Twitter. One day you just logged on and, and everybody was tweeting Tim Allen saying, please set me free. And, and there were different takes on it, different scenarios, but it just like took off. It was everywhere. And as I was like trying to, you know, I logged on one day and it was everywhere. I was like, where did this come from? And as I was tracing it back, I found that it originated from this tweet by Benjamin and it originated from a DM, a conversation that uh, upside down trash was in and i think the really wood was in it a few other people were in this conversation and they were just like riffing on this like funny idea of like tim the tool man tim allen being like held hostage and they just thought it was funny and it took off and i got super into it and that was like a seminal twitter moment because a i really felt like i was part of something bigger and b i saw like how something can like take off and grow and I think like those watching that happen and watching those kinds of tweets happen was like a precursor to then like what would happen with with the story I'm late series or like it was a precursor to like the style of Twitter that I was developing kind of if that's not too pretentious to say. <laughs> okay, I get it. <laughs> right? Which is like one thing that's like weird and not that funny, but if enough, if you pile on it enough, it just becomes this takes on this whole life of its own. And I just like I can't. I did a whole series of Tim Allen tweets because I just thought it was so funny. I just, it's so absurd and it makes no sense. But the fact that so many people thought it was so funny is just, um, Twitter's magical. It is magical. And we can attribute to some of that to our friend, Will Benjamin at Upside Down Trash. Everyone should be following this guy. He is great. And yeah, he does, like I was saying before, elevate the medium. He uses it so many different ways. Like you're saying from DM rooms with cool people to these kind of crazy tweets that start off a movement of Tim Allen set me free tweets 
all uh, all the good stuff. So definitely great pick there, and the good backstory. Thank you for that. Yeah, he's a good he's a good person. Good space I raccoon. Who I was on Twitter without him. Agreed. Me too. Uh, so enough of the Will love fest. Let's move hey. on to a Flannery love fest. We mentioned her before. You hung out in Seattle. We're talking about I'm Dainty AF. And the tweet from her that you've chosen is as follows. Cat on a Roomba rolls by a girl cat. Hey, baby. And the girl cat says, ugh, nice shark fin, you dork. He says, it's not a shark fin. It's my dick, Megan. Fuck you. <laughs> Some and, classic flannery for you. Yeah. Again, just, okay, first of all, it starts with a perfect tweet. It begins a perfect tweet. And then she has a whole thread of these, of things that Roomba Cat says, that's not a spreadsheet, that's my dick, Megan, fuck you. Just a whole, just a whole series of them. And it just stands out in my mind as just like an exceptional moment on Twitter, right? Like a moment when you could pop in someone's DMs and say like Roomba Cat and instantly everybody would be like, it's my dick, <laughs> Megan, fuck <laughs> you. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Great job. And it is uh, a series, one of the series. And, uh, you know, you know, you love yeah. those. And Flannery, I, one of the best. If there's anything we've learned about me in this hour, it's that I love like just long, absurd tweet threads. And we all there was a time when Flannery enlisted us to help her, like, keep the thread alive. And so a few of us started coming up with Roomba Cat Dick replies. I think I just love like when a new original tweet format appears and it resonates with so many people that it just becomes a thing that's really exciting to me that is great so thank you very much for those tweet selections and everyone should follow all of those people at not a crock at upside down trash and of course at i'm dainty af philandry yeah. shouts out to the max all right, now we got to keep this podcast train rolling, and we will get into the questions submitted from Twitter. Here we right, go. A lot of good questions. Too much. Give me We're headed towards the longest episode. We'll see if we can break <laughs> that record. Now, cut things out, please. Cut out all the rambly bits. We'll cut out every single rambly bit, so <laughs> the audience won't know what we're talking about. You gave me a lot of. Freedom it's the shortest episode. What's he talking about? All uh, I, my favorite thing is talking about myself. Okay. Well, let's go. Happy to have you on the podcast. The first guest. The first question. I'm going to answer these as fast as I can. Not necessarily. The first first question comes from a good friend, Liz, at hello happy underscore time. I love Liz. Love Liz. Shout out. The question. The first question is favorite movie that starts with an S. Okay. I Googled movies that start with an S when I saw that. I'm going to say either Spirited Away or. Steve's uh, Steve Zissou's Life Aquatic. Mm, uh, I think that's Steph- actually L, right? That's Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Start with Steve Zissou and the Life Aquatic. Okay, maybe Hold I'm on. maybe I'm mistaken. Um, Hold on, let us Wes Anderson let us check our Wes Anderson lore here. Steve, I am googling. I told <clears> I said I'd be fast. So we're like trying to make this quick, and, and all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. you had you days, literally days, to work. Google all of oh, these. No, you're right. It's the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Okay, uh, it's gonna have to be yeah. Scott Pilgrim Respirited Away. Both good movies. So, Maybe not my favorite movies, but they start with S. Good letter to start with. <laughs> Second question <laughs> from Liz is, Sugar So Fly, how'd you get? Uh, my answer to that is, what is this a reference to? I'm not fly enough to know. Oh, yeah, that's a song, right? Is it a song? Yeah, you and me, Liz, we got it. Sugar How You Get So Fly, right? That's uh, just I like the chorus of the song. I I'm not listening to that song, sorry. Oh, an answer and a burn. Yeah. So, there's that there's that mean bean coming out. Classic mean bean shade. I'm real nice on Twitter, really a jerk Sometimes. in real life. <laughs> uh, unless you're James Corden. Number three yeah, question okay. from Liz. If you were living in the US, where would you want to live? That's not the US. Um, if I were living in the US and I was gonna live somewhere that wasn't the US, it would probably be Canada, which Woo. is where I live now. Shout out. Crazy. Shout out to Canada. Uh, I've been thinking a lot lately about moving to Montreal, so maybe there. Oh, magnifique. Oui, oui. Wah, wah. Get some poutine. Wah, wah. Some poutine. That's the poutine, Jacques. Um, okay, and then we have a b-b-b-bonus question from Liz. 
What's your favorite letter, Bay? Oh, favorite letter like of the alphabet? I guess. I'm gonna say Z slash Z because there's always the dilemma of whether you say Z or Z, especially if you're Canadian. And I just love those awkward moments. Okay, that's an interesting choice. I had to give like, I don't know, a number code or something to an IT person over the phone. And I had this like moment of crisis. This was like two days ago. And I had this moment of crisis about whether I should say Z or Z. And I said Z because it would sound less like other letters. And then he corrected me and he said Z. Oh my. Must have been a Canadian, right? Uh, Yeah. Americans say Z and we say Z, I think, right? Is that how the general. (laughs) Because of that, Z slash Z, new favorite number for (laughs) our new favorite letter for awkward moments. Just to be confused, just to be contrary. (laughs) Yep. Okay. (laughs) Well, I get it. Now, the next question comes in from the lovely Bex at Bexdora. And she also asks three questions, the first of which is, are you wearing pants? I am wearing denim capris. Thank you. Very nice. She. I guess I was not wearing pants when she first met me. That right. Like, that's the joke. That's the callback. Listeners should yeah. know you were wearing Shout only out. a towel. And I think these Full are... circle. <laughs> yeah. So number two, obviously another callback to that specific story that we mentioned. Can you fashion oatmeal spoons from paper cups? Yes, uh, please check me out on Periscope Live Winner, where I will be giving a tutorial on how to make spoons out of paper cups. And remember to check your Etsy store for pre-made spoons from paper cups. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, my, my Etsy store's name is uh, Paper Cups Limited. Yeah, we're uh, paper spoons. <laughs> we're continuing <laughs> the it's theme. Fine. Continuing the theme of we're selling out. The number three question from Bex is as follows: What is the most interesting thing you've studied recently? I think she's making a dig specifically about the human osteology class that I failed this summer. Oh, no. I think that's what that is. It's this very specific burn to studying just bones, <laughs> just real, real hard bones. Bones, just and so you failed to, to know all the bones. The bone, listen, all the bones were real hard for me, Stephen. That's okay. It's not just the bones. It's the muscles that are attached in the ligaments, right? Yes. It's yeah, a lot it was of... all like... So it was like, it was all of the bones of the human body and then all of the ligament, all of the, like, all the bones have like little bumps. They have like tubercules and fosses and grooves. So like you have to know all of the parts of every bone. So there's like 206 bones or something in the The body. The humerus. Any of the, the skull ones are fused. And I hate that I have all this knowledge. Like I, I did not know enough to pass the stupid class. But I'm still cursed with knowing enough to, like, ponder which end of my pork ribs was, like, articulating with the vertebrae. (laughs) There you go. Just enough to be annoying. Yeah. So, fuck kinesiology. That's that. All right. Uh, Thank you, Bex, for that burn question. (laughs) Very good. Yeah, I just love being burned by my friends on Twitter.com. And on a podcast. All right. We got a couple questions left here. What is uh, this next question comes from our good friend malt at malt underscore skull everyone check out his episode of malt our finless our finnish friend uh i'm gonna edit that out for sure he is finless our finless finnish friend i mean i think he's finless malt if you're listening let me know if you're part fish trying to leave in a space where i can edit this Our next question comes in from Malt at Malt underscore Skull. Love him. And he is from Finland. The question is, what is the best edible bean? (laughs) Give me a second to just laugh about your voice. (laughs) Okay. So, fun story. Beans actually give me the farts. Uh, I'm going to say green beans. Great answer. Yeah, musical fruit. The more you eat, the more you toot. And I believe it is actually a legume. So there you go. Green beans. I wonder if they have those in Finland. Malt, let us know. And now we have reached the final question. It comes from friend of the show, Tom at Trojan Sauce. Hi, Tom. And his question is, if not a beanie, then what? A person, silly. A person, of course. It was all so clear. It's not a beanie. It is a person. 
Yeah. So <laughs> thank you, Tom. I never met any beanie that could run a Twitter account. There you go. It seems obvious. Uh, so thank you, Tom, at Trojan Sauce. Thank you, Malt, at Malt underscore Skull. Thank you, Bex, at Bexdora. And thank you, Liz, at Hello Happy underscore Time for your lovely questions. Couldn't have done it without you. So thank you and keep listening. Really appreciate the support. And don't forget to follow at FOTS Pod and ask a question for a future guest. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow. We made it. All right. That's it. We made it to the end. And don't give me any more things to talk about because I will. All you got to <laughs> all you got to talk about now is saying goodbye. Bye. Love you. Yay. Love you. Thanks for joining us on the podcast and really appreciate it. Great poems. Keep up the good poems. I will. <laughs> and that's it. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Annie. And if you did, we'd love to hear from you. Please send us a message at FOTSPod on Twitter. And be sure to ask a question for a future guest. And please follow at ScannerSteven, and I would thank you to do so. Visit StephenWSkinner.com for all the old episodes and subscribe to get a new episode via the internet every Monday. Thanks to Ruby Coast for this music. And thank you so very much for listening all the way to the end of the show, which this is. This is Stephen W. Skinner saying, have a great one.